Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bazira. Kit. Bria. Anifalik. Last week, we heard Taryn interview Lydia in another installment of Taryn Talks, and it was super fun, but I don't think you really need a recap of that, so... Two weeks ago, the party defeated the Necroman in his challenge, thus paving the way for the Eastern Islands node to be deactivated. Fiona has agreed to stay behind on this island to work with the Lich to deactivate the node, and then to protect it and keep it safe from reactivation. The party, on the other hand, is ready to return to Mox and Sniv to get more information regarding a rather troubling sending that said the last refuge is under attack. Will our adventurers find themselves in a position to help their home in this world? Or will they be too far and too late to join in the defense of their island? And what's Fiona going to get up to with the Lich with all their new freak time? Let's find (laughs) out. Hey, y'all. Hi. Maybe they can start building the spa. Oh, the spa. That's such a good idea. I was going to say, to be clear, we're we're not actually going to find out what Fiona gets up to in this episode because Serena's not here. Aw. I was going to say, you started kind of dancing, doing a nice little jig when you said that, just in your own little recording space. And it made me think that they might just like have little dance parties every once in a while (laughs) with each other probably should i personally look forward to getting the update when we learn about their sweeping romance because i think that's the (sighs) only possible way that this can end serena if you're listening i agree let me know what you think (laughs) because i don't hate that well she didn't really like him or found him intriguing I think the Lich was actually nice to her, so that's right. different I mean, for us, I suppose. Yeah, he nice could have taken Anna. her soul at any time, but, you know, he was respectful of her boundaries. God, there was so much about that whole situation that I can't wait for you all to find out. I mean, there's some Stockholm Syndrome in there, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, Ooh. a little bit of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Bria is being so quiet because she is so impatient for us to start actually playing. She's yes. just staring at yeah, us. I think there's Look a lot of at, manic yes. energy going on. I, I, I'm just speaking on my point, on my part as well. As it did a take us right now. twenty minutes to start we recording had today. Business. We are tired. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't like that one time that it took us fifteen minutes to start recording, and we were just like yammering <laughs> about nothing for. Alex 15 is minutes. taking a selfie right now. I, I, Honestly, I'm sure so we are going to post with duck face. I want to punch him. I <laughs> want Lydia to take a selfie too because she got new headphones that look like cats. Also, oh, yeah, today your headphones is are really our cute. very special daylight savings recording. So Ugh, yeah. all of us are a We're little bit off. All a little Mercury wonky. is a retrograde. Alex's sure headphones is. broke. Which is why um, I'm taking this selfie and go ahead and go to our Instagram listeners so that you can see the picture that I will be posting. My God, it's finally happened. The Instagram has just become an extension of his personal one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play. Wait. No, I'm right, gonna right. take a selfie too. And no duck face, duck face, do the duck face. No, I don't do duck face. Well, you have to because you're mocking Alex. <laughs> I don't yes. do duck face. Oh yes. <laughs> well, this is thrilling. We're not at the eight minute mark of random. It's nonsense. true. That's true. And with cuts, it'll be a little shorter. So this actually isn't as bad as it feels to all of us. Exactly. All right, let so. us play. 
you all uh, got the sending. It was rather upsetting. This is the uh, second, the, the day immediately after you defeated the Necroman. Um, let me just get a sense of, of what the general plan is. So are you going to wait? You know it could take anywhere from, from another one to nine days for the Lich's body to regenerate. Uh, and, and that's how long you're going to have to wait until the node is able to be deactivated. So uh, I think we talked about this off the air, but we should mention on the air. Are you all planning on staying and waiting and participating in that process? Everybody's shaking their heads. No. And I yeah, will remind I you now, hard it's note. an audio medium. <laughs> no, well, we're, I was waiting wait for you to finish. You finish. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to be polite. Um, <laughs> you have trained us to like wait our turn to speak. So. I know, and you're so good at it. Mm-hmm. I, do, I have to deal with so little overlapping audio. It's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So are we staying and waiting? You're all shaking your heads no, so now say it out loud. No! (laughs) Great. Okay, and I assume then that that means that you are heading post-haste back to where you left Mox and Sniv. Two words for you. Two words. Post-haste. You can't put that in there. You just pop the microphone. Crazy person. No, I did not. Well, maybe I did. You did. That P was rather poppy, and I don't think your pop filter was able to take care of the pop of that P. Ew. Okay. It is a day. Ew. Oh, it is a day. All of the ew. It's a day. All right. So if you all are going to head, start heading straight back, is there any last minute anything that you want to take care of here uh, near the node with Fiona, with the Necroman? I mean, I think you took care of a lot of that at the end of the last episode that we did two weeks ago. Uh, But is there anything else that we should do before we head out? Uh, Hug it out. With Fiona. Aww. With Fiona. And I also want to actually, oh, we on a serious note... we were going to figure note. out a way to do, like, a ascending thing with her, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can we... Yeah, you all... Uh, Kit, you know her well. You're the one that can cast ascending, right, Kit? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you know her well enough. It's the only requirement for that spell is just someone you are familiar with, so that's well, that won't be a problem. Great, so I'll let her know. We're going to be checking in with the ascending... And- and she can also, I mean, since you're both druids, that means she also has access to the spell. So if anything ever comes up, she also could be in touch with you all. Cool. Cool. I think on a serious note, Flick would actually take a little moment with Fiona, and even though she's not here, but and kind of reassure her that he is going to do his best to, mm, I don't want to say negotiate with my siblings, but do my best not to outright kill them like point blank like I think he has a little bit more insight now on the situation and I think that's something that he's going to take forward with him in this journey uh and I think she will sort of uh in that way that she has of of thanking you for something that she feels like should have been the obvious default anyway I know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she'll appreciate that I have no doubt because she mentioned that last time yes and off you all head now as we know uh, the lich is gone, but the node has not been deactivated. The weirdness coming from the node has not really ended. So I am going to call for a few, uh, what you call, constitution saving throws, because you are still on this island. Now, Kit, I know you had a, a way to deal with that. Did you have any third level spell slots left after the fight? I might have had one, but I, yes, I had one third level spell slot left. Okay, so if you want to use that to dispel magic on somebody to give them advantage on the check for what'll actually be today, you can do that if you'd like. Sure. Who's lost the most hit points? Is it you, Bisbeetira? Yeah, I've I'll lost eight you. hit points. Okay. All right. So everybody make Constitution saving throws. Uh, Bizdira, you can make yours with advantage since the Necro Drain's <gasps> hold on you is slightly lessened. I think that Bria crit. 
I did. Do I get hit points back? You don't. I wish that was true. Flick. I got a five. Oh, roll a D four, right? Yeah, Yeah. D four because I rolled two fours. That's (laughs) it's been a while. Oh, that's right. That's a one. Okay, that's not so bad. That's best case, well, second best case scenario. So maximum hit points down by one. Kit, how about you? A four. All right, roll that D four. Two. Okay, all right, third best case scenario. <laughs> uh, and and Vizdira. I got an unnatural 20. All right, so you don't take any more drain. Thank you all head the out. Lord. Yeah. Which one? Uh, not Denier, not, Denier, not sure. uh, yeah. obviously we gave up on Denier. <laughs> I don't know. Rough. All right. Uh, so you all head back. The trip is, it's still very still and quiet as you all travel, though uh, things are a little less creepy uh, just because, you know, you've sort of met and defeated the biggest bad on the island, at least as far as you all are aware. So it's really not that bad. The rest of this day of travel goes uh, goes fairly uneventfully. Anything I should know about what y'all get up to while you're traveling? I mean, I would say a couple of band practices, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't well, think yeah, about that. Well, yeah, in a rest, yeah. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the time, so like, let's work on it. Mm-hmm. All right, so <laughs> let's have a let's have a charisma performance check from everybody for this band practice. Can Can I say something? Of course, that's. <laughs> I get advantage on this one. Oh, you Set do. It. That's I right, do. I did. Do you, Do you want to tell people why I get advantage? Yeah. On this? Oh my gosh, because real life uh, Bizdira, also known as Lydia, who we interviewed last week, uh, got a banjo and is starting <gasps> actual real life banjo lessons. I had so my I said first that she... lesson this week. <gasps> you didn't. How did it go? It was great. I'm <laughs> so excited for you. So I told her she could have advantage uh, on her next uh, performance check for doing that, and then once she's able to prove to me some level of real life proficiency in her banjo, she can have proficiency for Bizdira. As well. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. So, what are those? Uh, what are those tests? Those checks? Oh, I've been playing Dragon Age. Check, not test. Uh, Kit, let's start with you. Seventeen. Seventeen. The voce is warmed up. She's ready. Uh, Bria. Also seventeen. Oh, the spoons are rocking in time. It's great. <laughs> Guys, he just shimmied. He just shimmied. The spoons are rocking. <laughs> the spoons are rocking. Uh, flick. A twenty-two. Holy Whoa. shit! The panpipes are doing that beautiful descant on top and bizdira. Bizdira, you know how art no. imitates oh. life. Oh no. It's it's very accurate for this. I rolled two nines and I have a plus zero. So <laughs> she's like fumbling through we trying so to walking at the same hand time. placement. We are so close. There's lots of finger movement going on that she just doesn't understand. <laughs> she's real something something. It's like some invisible force above her suddenly realized that she actually has no idea how to play the band. <laughs> Basically. And now she's in her head about it. She's she's just like, she learned one thing this week, and then she's just like doing that over and over again, and it's like kind of okay, but it's also kind of not fully correct, because she's still figuring it out, and stopping, oh my and God. starting. Yeah, it's it's. I it's love fun. it. It's true, right? The curse of like, when we start thinking about the thing that we've just always done. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so it's, you know, the rest of you are there, but Bizdira just seems distracted. Yeah. So the rest of the day passes uh, pretty uneventfully. You all you all head back uh, and are able to to camp. I, honestly, it doesn't matter where you camp. We're going to move on to the next day. Now, uh, Kit, there was really nothing that you needed to do 
in terms of using spells that day, which means that you have three... What do you want to... Oh, but you have fourth levels, so you could actually dispel yes. on everybody if you wanted. I will. Okay. Magic so girl. everybody... Yay! Could she also everybody can have check advantage. in with Fiona and Mox? How many fourth levels do you have? Two? Yes, I only have two, but I, I don't actually have sending. I have the little box or whatever that Mox gave me. Oh, it was Flick that had sending before he changed because that little box only allows you to cast sending to the person who has the other box. Yeah, that uh, makes more sense. I, you all remember <laughs> that better than I did. Um, I should also mention that uh, our lovely adventures uh, are leveling up as we travel uh, because we, we do that. Uh, so we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But um, okay, so do we have any ideas about how we can keep in touch with Fiona? I know I glossed over that earlier because I forgot the actual situation. Maybe for right now well, we just tell her she needs to check in with us. Well, if druids don't have access to sending, then neither does Fiona. <laughs> well, for uh, now we can do animal messenger. As oh, that's true. Yeah, that's It'll be slower, but it, it's just as effective. Yeah, totally. Totally. And eventually, Flick will get <gasps> sending again. I have a better idea. I don't know what... Oh, I'm so ready. Rain- oh, no, it would... Ugh, never mind. Oh, wait. I want to know what it was, though. I was going to say, what if she recreated Benny and he came with us? And he's our... Oh, that only Benny only lasts so long. for an hour. Yeah. yeah but that would have been super I, great. Yeah. That would have been so great, though. Um, You caught that problem before it came out, which is why you didn't want to say it. I yeah. get you. You were very smart. Is there, would it be inappropriate of us to give her the other sending box and then take the other one from I was thinking maybe he could find a way to get it to her after we get back to him, because I feel like it's most important for us to communicate with him right now. Right. So we Um, can ask him to Yeah, that's a possibility. We'll have to talk to him about it, because, you know, there's lots of, but yeah, that's a possibility. So, but for this trip, at least, you'll, you'll be out of communication with her, which, with her, which is okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, go ahead and make your con rolls. Uh, go ahead and make two more Constitution saving throws. Are we doing oh, all of no. it with advantage? Uh, I'm assuming they can all be with advantage for all of you both times, right, Kit? Yeah, as long as nothing nasty comes to no. bite us. <laughs> no, you'll be okay. Great. Um, all right, so let's have set number one, starting with Kit. Twenty-one. All right, Bria. Eight. Oh God! All right, roll that d4. It's a three. Okay. Flick. The first set is a 19. Okay. And Bizdira first set? 12. Or no, sorry, 14. Okay. 14 is okay. <laughs> 12 was not okay. 14 yeah, is I rolled, okay. I rolled a 12 and a 2, so I was like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, you're okay there. All right. And second set, let's go in the same order. So Kit. 20 adjusted. Fine, Bria. 18. Uh, much better, Flick. That's 7. Ghoul. Roll that d4. Oh, a 3. Okay, three more down, and Bizdira, second set. 19. Okay, you're fine. So that's where you'll be when you arrive back at uh, at Mox and Sniv, which we'll get to in just a second, but I'm super curious, how many hit points is everybody down from your maximum, your normal maximum? Eight. Eight for Bizdira? Wait, does this all stack on top of the ones that we had last time? Oh, yeah. 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 So that is one, two, three, four... I'm at eight as well. Letting us into your head while you do the math. Well, I thought, I, what did we just do then to dispel? What just we dispel? I'm sorry. Dispel gives you advantage, but it doesn't it uh, restore okay. the hit okay. points to you. That was unclear. Uh, to me. Okay, great. All right, so you're also eight, Bria. Six. Okay, and uh, Kit. Seven. Okay, so actually not as bad as I thought it was maybe going to be. Uh, 
but you all are looking a wee bit haggard. So tell us a little bit now about your journey back, because each of you gained a level. And I want to know how you, uh, in addition to all the experience you got fighting and planning around this island, uh, what you did to practice and get the new abilities that you have. Can, who, does anyone want to start? Okay, Bria wants to, I had a feeling. Bria wants to start. So Bria, why don't you tell us mechanically... I don't go first, but I had a really great idea. I'm excited. So first tell us mechanically what you got at this level. I upped my decks uh, by two. Um, so what Bria's going to do as we're going through the forest is she's going to practice like dodging stuff through the trees. So she's going to practice like weaving in and out of trees. Um, and because it improves my AC, once in a while I'm going to run straight into a tree. Um, and so it just makes me a little bit tougher. <laughs> I just imagine you like <laughs> running headfirst into a tree and getting up feeling like, all right, all right. That's so <laughs> perfect. And I love it. I love it so much. Okay, great. So uh, running into trees, Bria, who wants to go next? I had an idea for mine too. Great, um, do it. So first tell us what you what you get at this level. I took a feat. Oh, which level. one? I took Mage Slayer. Yeah. Which mm, would have been for... real useful about a day ago, but go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> So one of the fun things about it is that when I am within five feet of a creature casting a spell, I can use my reaction to make a melee attack against them. So I imagine I'm like, you know, we're doing things, we're sparring, we're playing around, and I imagine being next to one of my companions, doesn't really matter who, because they can all do magic. How dare you? It does matter. It does matter. Okay, I'll be next to Bria then. Yep. As she tries to do some magic. And I feel like instead of getting kind of distracted by the casting of magic, Bazira just reaches <laughs> oh, no. out and smacks Abria across the back of the head. Just like, just this awful, like, impulse yeah. after fighting the Necroman, like, magic, no! No. <laughs> Smack it. And when I'm doing it. the magic, it's because I get mad at the tree, so I, like, shoot something off at the tree, and so I hit the tree, <laughs> shoot off magic, and then get hit in the back of the head. <laughs> How dare you damage the tree? <laughs> what did the tree do to you? Oh my god, perfect. Okay, this feat also uh, gives disadvantage to any creature that's concentrating on a spell for their concentration checks, for their uh, constitution saves, and uh, allows you to have advantage on saving throws against spells uh, cast by creatures within five feet of you. Yes, sir. So, excellent. I love that. If uh, you haven't guessed yet, uh, and you haven't been keeping track, most of the party is now eighth level, which is why they're getting feats and ability score improvements. Uh, shall we cap off the final eighth level uh, party member and go to Kit? Sure. Uh, so mechanically, I upped my wisdom. Great. Um, love that. Yeah. So I imagine that Kit is, since my party members are, I don't know, distracted uh, by training themselves, I'm going to lead our group through the forest back towards Mox. So I'm, um, you know, really paying attention to where we're going and using my survival instincts to lead us uh, onward and being very perceptive of what we're seeing. And still, I think I'm going to also spend a lot of time observing um, the trees and nature around us to see whether I see any difference um, in our surroundings after our fight. Sure. There is another thing uh, that I think as you're observing things, you see for the first time in a while, as you get a little bit closer uh, to the edge of the island, a little bit closer to Mox and Sniv, you're sort of close to the coast. And in the distance, you see a seagull. Ooh, nature, it's back. <laughs> what, what, what would you like to do now that you've seen a seagull? 
I'm gonna cast Animal Messenger. No, no. Oh, sure. you, well, you could do that, but also you can wild shape into flying creatures now. I totally did not read that when I was reading up on eighth level. So how thrilling! Yeah, <laughs> this is real time realization, folks. <laughs> I was literally reading it this morning, and, and I was she like, said, "How nothing, thrilling! Nothing You're- exciting." <laughs> You're basically the only one that gets something other than an ability scoring increase. I guess Bizdira gets a, one additional key point, yeah, but yeah, you have another sort of big thing, which is that you can now you have there are no limitations on the movement types that your wild shapes can take. Amazing! So after I see the seagull, I will also wild shape into a seagull and lead us flying in the air. Yes, it's so badass. Bizdira is totally gonna just like frolic and skip next to her like flapping her arms be like yes she can fly this is awesome it's very angels in the outfield and just so just so we're on the same page about this you have even more to look forward to because at ninth level uh next level you'll be able to wild shape into cr3 creatures yes that one i knew that i'm excited for yeah all right but for now flying very exciting uh because now you can fly for more than just a minute at a time. Woo-hoo. Yes, that will come in so handy, I am sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's our three single class party members and their level ups. Hey, Flick, first of all, what'd you take a level in? Uh, Ranger or Bard? I took a level in Bard. Which puts you at Bard 4? Bard 4, Ranger 3, y'all. And this okay, is very so, important. Uh, I'm ready. Mechanically, what did you do? Mechanically, I took two points to my charisma, which makes both my wisdom and charisma modifiers equal. Thank goodness, so that I don't have to keep discerning between my ranger and and your charisma modifier. Not utter garbage for a bard. Yeah, that too. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) Thank you, though. It was a plus two. It was a plus two. And you're a high level, higher level character, (laughs) high-ish. And um, but also, so yeah, like I keep trying to practice my pan flute, and I keep trying to get those vicious mockery practice vicious mockeries out but i also um dm jazzy hands uh known to me as sometimes as uh dimj we have talked a little bit i think he's high about i'm not high unfortunately (laughs) Um, i'm just kind of manic um, we talk, had a little conversation. Um, my spells, my spell list wasn't necessarily mm, like super helpful. I mean, I was, I think I kind of as a player really rushed through when I was picking my spells just in the transition from cleric to bard ranger. And so DM Jazzy Hands graciously allowed me to change out some of my spells more than one, which is very gracious of him. So I now have a couple new spells that should I describe them now or should I just wait to put uh, them into play? Well, I think at this point we'll just. Just say that you learned some, you've been practicing new and different spells uh both related to your your music and to nature uh kit probably helped you on some of the nature ones and you you invented because i think that's I, I love this idea that like kit shows you how she does some of her nature magic and you mm-hmm. like put your own twist on it which is why the ranger spells are slightly different yeah um but i i mean i it's up to you i would love to find out as we go and as you cast them for the that's first fine time. i like that uh so you're in sort of that weird place now where even though uh, you don't actually know any third level spells because of the way that your multi classes are combined. You have access to two third level slots, so you can just yeah. upcast your lower level spells. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. So your magic is getting more powerful, but you're just not keeping up learning stuff quite as quickly. But you'll get there. I'll get there someday. All right. So that's the the leveling process that you all go through while uh, while you're getting ready and heading 
towards Mox and Sniv. Uh, the necro drain continues all the way until you reach Mox. So it's been at least, uh, let's see, this is now, I gotta look at our calendar, which I pulled up before we started, because I knew I'd need it. So, yeah, you left, and two days later you arrive uh, at Mox, and still so far... Uh, you can all still feel that drain. It's definitely weaker since you're further away from the node now, but you can tell that node is still active at this point. So you would have been waiting at least three days, or four days, I guess, because he, he hasn't come back yet for the Necroman to uh, regenerate his body. So probably a good call to come back here. Anything else we should know about those three days of travel before we meet up with Mox and Sniv? Um, I would like to ask... We would probably have a pretty good grasp of this now, but when we think the next Magic Moon stuff is going to happen. Oh, good question. Since I have this open, uh-huh. um, you've got about 10, about 14 days or, so, or 16 days or so, so about half a month. Just in time um, for us to get back and have to fight on the last refuge. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I have years worth of full moons set on calendars. Sure. I, you all, I do. So, I have anyway. no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my mind. <laughs> one day I'll show you all the calendar, or at least the calendars from years one and two, since we're way past all that. So do we approach the little Mox's little hut or whatever? Yeah, and I assume, you know, you could have alerted him earlier that day that, like, you'd be reaching him this day and where you're going to find him and, and bring Sniv, I guess. So you all find, uh, you are walking through the woods uh, as you're searching for him on this last day. And let me have uh, wisdom perception checks from everyone, please. Uh, flick. Um, this is the fourth four I've rolled today. So that is in total with perception. That's a 10. Okay. All right. Uh, Bizdira. She's very distracted. Oh my gosh. By what? Um, I'd say that she's like... Bria running into trees. Yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> she's just still kind of like, even though Kit isn't necessarily a bird anymore, just like kind of messing with her and just like flapping her arms behind her just like oh, for trying God's to keep herself sake. uh occupied <laughs> all children kit how about you 23 i am not at all distracted by bizdira trying yes. to distract me <laughs> i love that i love that and bria bria also is not distracted by this uh <laughs> 21 okay and actually if like a 10 was enough because it's not super quiet you all hear uh the tromping of heavy footsteps lots of heavy footsteps uh and just coming up over the rise and coming straight through the forest is uh, that same phalanx of armored military ghouls led by that general atop the abomination, that that ghoul steed horrible thing that we talked about weeks ago that I'm sure you all remember in your dreams. Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying this episode so far, it would be radical if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read any five-star reviews on the air as soon as we're able, and the more of them we get, the more visible the show becomes, and the more people we get to listen. There is a new review that we really, really love at the end of this week's episode, so be sure and stick around for the whole 
whole outro. As usual, we want to remind all of you about our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. In addition, by supporting our Patreon, you'll be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. More information on that program and a list of the creators that we are patronizing are available on our Patreon page. This is not the first Wednesday of the month, but it's the first Wednesday of the month that I'm doing a mid-tro for, which means it is also time for me to announce out loud all of the recipients of our Patreon at Forward program. As of March 1st, we are patrons of Nat Rose, Taking Initiative, James Intracasso, The D20 Dames, I Need Diverse Games, Venture Maidens, Scott Buckley, The Broadswords, Tanya C. DePass, and Meeple Like Us. We also want to shout out some of our awesome patrons that make the Patreon It Forward program possible. Thank you so much to our honorary party members, Tanya, Sir Mox the Magnificent, Matthew Allen, and Shimmy Gangot, and to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, and Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge. We are really close to another new goal on our Patreon, and if we manage to hit that goal, we'll be opening up a TLR merch store, having a raffle for some brand new merch, and of course, all of our patrons will get discounts on everything sold in our store. So if you want to have some cool TLR swag and merch, you maybe should think about joining or upping your pledge today. We want to thank BattleBards for providing some of the fantastic music that you hear on our show. You can check out their awesome library at BattleBards.com. We've also been using plenty of Scott Buckley's amazing scores, which you can check out on his website, scottbuckley.com.au. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links found on our website and in the episode notes when you shop there so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. If you haven't heard, now is a great time to try out D&D Beyond because there are two really fantastic uh, promo codes available for some of the products that you can purchase on their website. They recently had a developer's update in the form of a parody musical of Hamilton, which was amazing, and you should check out that YouTube. Just search for it. You'll be able to find it. But during that developer's update, they released two discount codes that you should be aware of that are good through the end of the month. For 25% off any individual book, you can use the code NOTTHROWINGAWAY, as in not throwing away my shot from from the show. Anyway, uh, or if you want $170 off the Legendary Bundle, which is the bundle that gives you everything that's been published so far, and discounts on all future purchases, you can use the discount code MYSHOTATLEGENDARY. Both of those codes are all one word, all capital letters. Not throwing away for 25% off individual books, and my shot at legendary for a discount on the legendary bundle. Finally, we're a little bit into March now, which means it's time for us to start telling you about our first ever live and in-person show that we're going to be doing at the Long Island Tabletop Expo on April 18th. If you are in the New York area, or hell, if you're not and you want to make the trip out, uh, because you want to come join us and see us play live and in person for the first time ever, uh, you should check out and get more information at litabletop.com. There you can find more information about our event and our crossover event with the Taking Initiative podcast called The Last Initiative. 
nope, the other one, Taking Refuge, that's the one, called Taking Refuge. Uh, you can see who all the other guests who are attending are, and of course you can purchase your tickets on their website. As soon as we have more specific information about scheduling and other events, we'll be sure and let you know. Okay, that is it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, enjoy the rest of the episode, and happy gaming, y'all! I'll cast yeah, a pass they're coming. trace on us. Also, but we, I feel like we might be able to talk to them at this point. <laughs> be that as it may, that would absolutely be Kit's first response to seeing sure. this. That spell has become like knee-jerk reaction hair trigger at yes. this point for 100%. her. 100%. <laughs> Somebody whistles and she's like, cast without trace. We're on a tight timeline. I also, even if we do want to talk to them, I don't know if we want to spend the time doing it. Sure. I, I agree with that, I, agree. I think. I really don't want to see how something with a tongue hanging out, like, down to his navel talks. Like, that just horrifies. It's like spawn, but even more disgusting. Ew, yeah. Uh, All right, so let me have dexterity stealth checks from everybody with a plus 10 on top of your normal modifier for the pass without trace. Oh, oh God. no. Flick. That is a 32, because I crit. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. So Flick disappears. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Vanished. Bria. That's a 35 because I cannot be outdone. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the Bria one disappears time that I crit and manages to scare trade. Flick. Uh, Kit. Not as good. That was only a 30. <laughs> <laughs> Bizdira? Bizdira got a 20. Boo. I rolled a 4. Rough. Okay, but a 20 is still. Still quite good. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So the the group of them pass by without ever having any idea that you all are there. Can we play a game of invisible tag? Do you, We're not do you invisible. want to spend the time? Also, if you... We can do it that, on our way. That's fine. Here's the hilarious thing about that, though, is that the game of invisible tag has to happen in a 30-foot radius around Kit or you're no longer invisible. <laughs> also, you can always tell where Kit is because she's at the center of it. Yeah, that's the fun. And also, we find For each other you, by our little game. Like, we hear each other giggle, and then that's how we find each other. I don't know. I think we got to roll perception checks against everybody else's stealth checks. (laughs) Oh, my God. You can have one set of rolls for this game of tag if you would like to participate make wisdom perception checks. We're not going to find each other. No one's going to roll a 30-something. I rolled a three. Kit might. You rolled a three. Yep, you have no idea where anybody is. In fact, you think everyone's dead. I rolled a 13. Yeah, I don't see anybody. (laughs) You don't know anybody, Bizdira? I rolled an eight. (laughs) My God, Kit. I rolled an 18, but my new passive is 19. (laughs) (laughs) You still, you you maybe think at some point that you catch where Bizdira might sort of be, but I, we did that because Bizdira was the only one that any of you could have maybe possibly possibly found. (laughs) Yeah. There is a lot of giggling. Someone probably pees a little bit. A lot of crashing into trees, mostly Bria. Uh, so you all play this tag as the phalanx passes you. You're heading uh, to, to the appointed meeting spot with uh, with Sniv and Mox. And uh, you arrive and you see Sniv there. Can we still be invisible when we get there? Can that time out that way? Sure. Thank we just you. like, suddenly the pass without trace goes down and we just like, arrive. You're just there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think Mox is I think Mox is in his rabbit wild shaped form and his like sort of weirdly like clockwork rabbit right because all of his wild shapes are a little clockworky um, and I think his rabbit form just like poops out a couple of bolts when you all appear there because he got <laughs> so scared. <laughs> we love scared poops. I do that. love scared poops and particularly when they're mechanical and so they're actually just like screws. <laughs> Uh, But once he and Sniv recover, (laughs) 
uh, Sniv was like halfway burrowed into the ground uh, before, like tail sticking up before he realized what was going on. But once they get over their absolute terror and surprise <laughs> cardio workout, uh, they're happy to see you. <laughs> oh my god! I, I so funny because I keep thinking about Sniv as like a, an actual like human pirate and not a cobalt pirate. So when you said tail in the air, I was like, why would he have a tail? Oh right, because he's a cobalt. <laughs> anyway, all right. I want info, Mox. Give it yeah. to us. What the hell's happening? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We forgot something. This is my What did bad. we forget? After the battle, Bria gives Bizdira back her dagger. Does she? Or so. tries to and then gets to keep no, it. No, here's the thing. So I was thinking about this uh-huh. actually uh, last night when I was on my way home from work. Correct me, DM, but when Bria uses a dagger, it's a... Uh, D4, right? Correct. So it is better for me to have it because it's a D6 for me. This is the argument that we've had before. I want I want to let him explain it though. So I can I can do the actual math of like average damages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the simplified version is that for you, on average, it will do one more point of damage mm-hmm. uh, with the larger dice. Right. For her. In a normal attack, mm-hmm. yes, it is slightly less damage for her, even if we consider like having the damage with non-magical uh, attacks, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The difference, though, is the additional d6s that she gets to roll a sneak attack, right? because those would also get halved if something is resistant to, to non-magical damage. Gotcha. So that's where the big difference comes in. Okay. Because at this level, it's what... F- Four it's D6s, four. It'll three be five D- yeah, it's four D sixes that that get halved. So I would say that she. Well, I mean, you can you can say how you want to try to give it back to me. Oh, I think I'll. I'm actually gonna leave some of his blood on there if he has, or his goop, purpley goopy stuff on there. <laughs> I'm gonna just because I know she'll I like know, it. So repulsed. <laughs> she'll like that. And then after, like, I'll like wipe my brow immediately after the battle is done, and then I'll I'll hand it back to her and <laughs> i think she's gonna look at it and be like ew no you can hold on to it for a while at least until that shit wears off and then bria skips around her in a circle and for like 10 minutes she just skips in a circle <laughs> <laughs> okay at some what point, an exciting development at some Mox point is like hey what a nice new dagger bria no he's absolutely not <laughs> no at some point as she's skipping around me bizdeer is just gonna clothesline her Amazing. You can stop now. (laughs) Make uh, an attack roll. I I was going to say she like flaps her arms again like the... Like when she was trying to distract Kit. Well, no, because that that comes later. I mean, an oh, unarmed strike is an eleven. Like it, it doesn't really hit. She just ducks underneath it. Oops. Yeah. And I, but you I tried. skip. I skip lower to the ground. You're like doing that, like the Russian. <laughs> sort of thing. weird yeah. to see. I love that. Okay, we're back. Okay, back to okay, we back. <laughs> tangent over. Uh, it was an important tangent. It really was. All right, so uh, Mox is. Uh, is there, and you say, would tell us everything, and he says, well, that's, that's a bit of a big, uh, uh, tall order, but, um, I suppose we should start with information, uh, about, uh, the Last Refuge and the attack there. I've been getting updates as best as I can, um, when I messaged you, what was it, uh, I guess two and a half-ish days ago now, uh, the landing party 
uh, of devils had had only just landed. They've made their way uh, pretty far inland at this point, as far as I can tell. Uh, there have been losses on both sides, uh, but from as far as we can tell, uh, the the people of of the last refuge, uh, particularly those uh, those folks that are sort of around the Arcanium on that island, and uh, and that tribe of kobolds have done a pretty good job of at least not being completely overwhelmed yet. It seems like uh, there's a good chance, it's it's not all said and done yet, uh, of course, but if things keep going the way they are, there's a pretty decent chance that the guardians there uh, of the Arcanium uh, are going to hold. We were, our people uh, on that island, or under that island, were able to give them a bit of a heads up. Uh, we did manage to spot the, the devils and the tiefling uh, as they sailed close. So they had a little bit of, of notice. Uh, the tribe of kobolds were able to help them dig in and ready defenses. And uh, and we'll see how things shake out. But there, there definitely have been heavy losses on both sides. But it, it wasn't a total rout like uh, like we were worried it might be. Which tiefling is there? Um, he says, well, I, I'm not privy to all of the information about what's happening, so I, I don't know how to tell you which one she is, other than that it's a female tiefling. Yeah, because it grows uh, she, at the south she, island. She fights, yeah. she fights really well, she's well armored, has a very fancy looking sword. So it's not the warlock. So uh, I know that you all are, are concerned uh, about, about your home over there on that island, uh, but the truth of the matter is I don't see how there's any way that you can get back there in time to have any impact on what's going to happen. You've done what you can to prepare the people there. We did the same, and all we can hope is that they're able to hold. Yeah, and I guess the other heartening thing is since we have the keys... And it's unlikely they can find the back way in. At least they won't be able to get into the Arcanium. There was one moment in the invasion uh, where they did manage uh, to get pretty close to the Arcanium. uh, And it it, uh, quickly became clear that getting in was going to be a problem. And that actually might be part of why things are going relatively well. Because part of the Devil Force, uh, as far as we can tell, broke off to go in search of another way in. They so far haven't been able to find anything. But it also meant that those forces weren't available to do uh, the direct assault, which made things easier on the defenders. So, well done. Uh, whether you intended it to go quite that way or not, uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> Prepared them well. I feel like we didn't do anything. Is our <laughs> is our boat still... Do you know if our boat's okay? Uh, Sniv Actually, has insisted I'll whisper on... that to him. To Mox or Sniv? To, to, to Mox. To, okay. I don't know how Sniv's gonna feel. Uh, so he whispers back, Sniv has been checking in as often as he can, although yesterday he ran into that, that group of, of ghouls, and so he hasn't checked since... Uh, since about a day and a half ago, but last he checked, it was still there and still okay. Sweet. I'm so excited to get back on that boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Mox, now speaking in full voice again, says, so is that the plan? Are you getting, where are you headed? What's, uh, what else can I do for you? What are you thinking? What's, uh, what's next? Uh, Oh, also, by the way, what happened? <laughs> Feels like the node's still active. I was I was gonna say we just start by telling him everything, but we'll just tell yeah. him everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you give him the the full update of everything that transpired in the city around the node and at the node itself. Yeah. Uh, and he's he didn't interact with the lich or with Fiona like you all did, so he's a, a little nervous about the situation, but also like 
what else can he do other than trust you all? And he has no reason not to. Uh, so he's, you know, cautiously optimistic that hopefully within the next one to seven days, the uh, the node will will get deactivated and be protected from there. I think we need to have a discussion about what is um, more pertinent. If it's mm. you know get to the last refuge and try to clean up whatever is going on there, or whether or not we go after the brother at the south. Um, can he sort of he sort of uh, is this a conversation you're having with Mox and Sniff? I mean, I can just say it in like to okay. the general room, I guess, to see. Okay people's thoughts everybody's thoughts. general forest uh mox's response is just uh go to the southern island to to find the brother and then what i personally believe that u.s <laughs> americans don't oh, no. have maps no i'm just kidding um i personally believe as flick that he the brother is going to be the easiest to sway i think he is definitely the physically the weakest we have him outnumbered even though we're not as strong i guess i physically we we are you know so many more of us unless he has a band with him that we don't know about but we all know we're the best band that's right. I think uh, we should head to the southern island and try and either intersect or try and catch him or whatever. We, we just need to see what's going on there. Persuade or kill? Persuade. That, that is the question. And try to secure the temple there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mox, also, uh, when you all start talking about the brother in the southern island, uh, he apparently was unaware that the brother was headed down there. I mean, you all told him in your in your recap of what was happening, but he sort of is like, you know, I don't have any sort of uh, surveillance or intelligence information for you all uh, about what's going on down there, but I could certainly ask to begin uh, for us to move some of our surveillance assets, and by that I mean spells and magic, uh, (laughs) down to the southern island to see if we can get eyes on this brother of yours and see sort of what's what's happening down there. Might take a little while, but we could certainly do it to give you all a bit of a heads up as to what to expect. That would be great. Does he know how long that would take necessarily? Well, he would like have maybe to it'll take him about a get there. Uh, oh, probably. Uh, hopefully it'll take him about a day to get down to the enclave uh, and start the, you know, somewhat bureaucratic process of making these requests and hopefully they approve them. But assuming they approve them, it should maybe take, I don't know, three to five days, three to five businesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be great because it'll take us at least like three to five business days to get there. So sure, Kit. Well, I'm curious from Mox's perspective because it sounds like, given the information that he's told us and the fact that we know it will take us, mi- it would take us minimum two weeks to get back to the last refuge. Does he like? Is he surprised that we're not going to go right back there, or does he get the sense that? The Last Refuge is taking care of itself the best that it can, and it's in a solid place. Because that's, I think, where we're all coming from. Yeah, go ahead and make a wisdom insight check. Not that he would withhold this from you, but just uh, to get a sort of sense of, of how he's feeling. 20 adjusted. Yeah, he wasn't surprised. Uh, in fact, he sort of, when when you all mentioned not going back, he sort of definitely nodded uh, along with you all. It does seem like the best situation. It does feel like, uh, you know... He doesn't have the attachment to that island that you all do, so some of it might just be sort of, like, uh, uh, what's cold objectivism, right? That, like, you all are not going to have an effect on this particular assault, and he's optimistic enough that the guardians and the defenders of that island will prevail that, like, he's not he's not super worried about y'all not going back there. Can we talk to him about the sending stuff? Oh, yeah, about the of Stone for Fiona. 
He's okay with that, but that also means that he won't have a way to get information to you all about what they find on the Southern Island. Is our, uh, the Conjurer able to communicate that with us? It'll be a much longer relay process, mm. so the information will be more delayed, but it's uh, that that could work, yeah. I don't can think we, we can risk that. Well, can we have Mox check in with Fiona and give us updates yeah. that way? Oh, you mean like literally physically yeah. go and check in with her? Yeah. <laughs> he is deeply uncomfortable with that, but if you all insist, he'll do it. He's just very nervous about like being Everything. anywhere near the Necroman. Um, particularly also because, like, and it's not that he thinks that it's not going to happen, but because the node hasn't been deactivated yet and everything still feels very dark and, and dread, right? He's just, he doesn't love the idea, but he'll do it if you all insist. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's also, like, we just want to know when the node is shut down and make sure that it's actually happening. Right. Sure, so. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, he also, he he uh, he mentions that he just sort of feels like, he, he wants to, I guess, know sort of your long-term plans so that he can see what, if the Enclave is willing to do anything, you know, to support them. He's It's always this juggling match for him, right? Or for them, all of them, uh, about, like, not revealing themselves... Uh, not getting too involved where, like, the hammer comes down on them. But obviously, you all are effective, and you're dedicated to, like, making this better. So he just sort of wants to know, get a general idea of, like, your long-term plans so that he can try and support them as best he can. Right. That's understandable. I think we can relay some of the conversation that we had with Fiona in regards to, like, (laughs) world peace and trying to maintain (laughs) sort of an equilibrium all the way around um, so that nobody's trying to, you know, affect anybody else's way of life necessarily um so if that's the Mm long-term goal ultimately trying to i think we would we would prefer trying to at least persuade some of the tieflings if not all of them to cease their efforts in a in the most peaceful way possible um and any resistance that comes from that we would have to deal with in the moment. But I don't know, do you all have anything that you would want to add to that? Our overall goal is to make sure that the nodes are not activated and that they are uh, not only not activated, but protected so that if a third party comes in and tries to start doing this. Yeah, he was so sort of focused on the immediate threat. And and you get the sense that this is probably the take of most of the Enclave, too, that they're so focused on this party of tieflings that's trying to activate them now that he sort of didn't consider the possibility of more actors coming in to to try this even if they fail. And and I guess his own, his other question is is there anything in particular is there anything else in particular that if if you were able to request of the enclave in terms of support you would ask of them. I mean without just getting reinforcements. Numbers are not their their strong suit right. even if things even if they were able to act however they wanted numbers are not really their game. Do they have any other magical weapons? that what they would like to part with <laughs> um, I would love some magical arrows <laughs> he uh, he does actually you know he says well I mean of course we have we have magic weapons and magic items down below they're they're uh, much more common uh, where I come from down there most of what was produced throughout the years uh, in between beast attacks was preserved uh, when civilization retreated underground. Great. You want to give us any of those and maybe some healing potions? He sort of laughs and says, uh, I think you all would have to make a very strong case in person if you wanted that. Are we allowed to meet them in person now? Uh, he sort of thinks about it for a moment and he says, well, they certainly have... Let, let me first start by saying, no, 
though, as far as I'm aware, no one has given that okay, but do do you want to? I feel like we have more I think we as players, yeah, I think we as players kind of want to, but yeah, I think yes. our characters would say no. <laughs> I, I, he says, because I could certainly, I could certainly talk with them to see if perhaps they're finally willing to meet with you all and maybe come a little bit out of the shadows. You've, you know, got some impressive marks on your resume now, but I also understand that there are other issues that you feel are time sensitive, so it's, it's entirely up to you. Uh, he's, how does he say this? Let's see. Let me, I know, let me roll a die for the first time this session. <laughs> he says, you know, I, I totally understand that there are other measure, measures that are more pressing than, you know, getting a few magic items. Um, he says, of course, the, you know, the transport down there would also be helpful for you all, but I don't, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of things to be considered. Transport. His eyes get real big. Care to uh, expand on that one? No, I it I I just meant uh, transport. I'm gonna look uh, at Sniv and be like, "Can you talk to your best friend here?" <laughs> uh, why don't Bizdira and Bria, you two, since you were the two that spoke up, one of you can make either a charisma intimidation or charisma persuasion with advantage, but pick which one of you is gonna make it, uh, or you can each make your own role if I mean, you would I prefer. Was- I was already thinking about doing intimidation by, like, putting a hand on her shoulder and be like, So she'll be bad cop and I'll be good cop because I'm going to do persuasion. Okay, so why don't you each make non-advantage rolls since you're each making a roll here? God damn it. (laughs) Okay, what'd you get, Miss Dira? Uh, Intimidation is a plus zero. That is seven. Okay. I'm, like, trying to be scary, but I'm also, like, smiling and laughing. And her hands. Yeah, well, I think you try and go for his. You try and go for his his shoulder, and exactly, you just sort of like slip off of his (laughs) metal frame. I just stroke him gently because he's in his he's in his uh, warforged form now, and so he's in his chair. So he's a little bit lower down than you were ready for, and you (laughs) sort of like right, you slip and like almost go down. Uh, Bria, what'd you get on your persuasion? A twenty-seven. Oh fuck! Kindness (laughs) always wins. (laughs) <laughs> Between my shitty role and your amazing role. Um, okay, so he says, all right, look, I, I absolutely, if you all ever meet them, I, you cannot tell them that I told you about this. You absolutely can never. I, I it j- you can't. Okay. We don't use it very often because it's dangerous and takes a lot of magic that isn't always the most stable. But the only way that we could possibly stay connected among the different enclave cells on the four islands is if we had ways to get between them relatively quickly. So there might be a series of transportation portals between the enclave strongholds under each of the four islands that we occasionally use. I you do think that this would be helpful for us to I get did think it would be helpful. It wasn't up to me. I wanted to offer them to you a long time ago, but they're so unstable, and that would also require all of you to, you know, come down with us that I was told under no uncertain circumstances, in no uncertain terms, that you were not to know about them because we couldn't offer you their services. If we were, like, really sneaky, <laughs> like, I don't know, plus 30 and above sneaky, <laughs> would they know that we use them? You might be able to sneak up to them. There's no way you could activate them and use them without people noticing. Okay. We're going to need to use these because Bria and Bo. <laughs> Poor Bria. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bria. 
don't mix. That's just the beginning of it. Bria and boats. Many reasons, but Bria and boats. The episode title don't mix either. It's not a competition, biz. Do we as players? think that we can spend the time to see if the Enclave will meet with us and then convince them to let us use the transporter. What's the what's the uh, travel time by boat right now to the southern island? To the southern island? I think probably about it. Assuming no <laughs> adverse weather that slows you down significantly, which we all oh, know we cannot no, assume. And that uh, haggy witch thing has a stamp on me. This is terrible. Yeah, one never knows. This uh, is so it'll be probably about... Uh, about a 10 day or so to get to the southern island. It's going to be quicker to talk to them, I think. But what if they say no? Then, then we've we spent a day trying face. to talk to them. <laughs> then we kill I mean, them here's, all. Here's what, Mox, here's what Mox will contribute, because Mox does, you know, he really feels like, he feels bad. First of all, he feels bad that he let that slip, because he's going to be in huge trouble if they ever find out. But also he feels bad that he hasn't been able to that he wasn't able to let you all use it to get here in the first place. Mm-hmm. He says, look, in, if we're talking about timelines, it'll take me a day to get down there. Hopefully, I'll be able to convince them relatively quickly. Another day to get back up here to get you all. And then a third day to bring you to them. Then at that point, if you can convince them, I mean, I can see if things go in a good direction for you all, like best case, I could see you cutting five days off your journey, uh, being able to use the transporter to get to the Enclave in the Southern Island in about five days. Um, he says, I should also mention that the Southern Island Enclave, <laughs> there, um, we don't, we don't talk to them much. They're kind of weird. Uh, and we just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we don't we don't talk to them much <laughs> he says so uh you know getting there won't be a problem I, I can't promise you a ton of assistance when you arrive but you all are pretty good at convincing people to help so as long as they don't like put us in prison the second we he says I don't, I don't think that'll happen oh good <laughs> i think the worst case here is that we lose let's say three days if we have to take the boat in order to gain how much time if we're able to permanently use these things. That's the other thing that he points out, which is that, you know, this could in theory be more useful than just this one trip right. if you're able to convince them. So I say we do it, right? I agree, how, let's do it. How long would it take us to get to the ship from where we are now? Uh, I think it's about another day or so. Um, so maybe we spend the day when he goes down to get provisions on the ship and do all the right, stuff to the be ready prepared. to go. It'll be about two days uh, for him to go talk and come back. Yeah. So, Which is perfect. We can go get everything yeah. ready, come back, talk to him, blah, blah, blah. Kit, are you on board? Yeah. Okay, he says, now, now look, if at any point, uh, keep the sending stone for now, if at any point we really, if something happens, you really want to abort mission, you want to take the ship to go to the southern island, just let me know, preferably before I stick my neck out trying to convince them to let you down, and that's fine. I understand this has some risk, so it's entirely y'all's decision, your, it is entirely your decision, but, but I'll get started on that right away. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week. Not quite a cliffhanger, but like an exciting development has occurred. And so there we are. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out whether or not the party is finally going to be allowed to see the Enclave. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at at DND Last Refuge. That's at 
D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Speaking of reviews, we've got a new one this Yay! week. Uh, this review is from Goblin Inquisition, and Goblin Inquisition says, Brilliant story, great people. Still catching up on the story of this podcast, but absolutely loving it. The dominance of the rule of cool is startlingly evident, and the storyline is beautifully presented. P.S., and I love this, I was at Great River Con. I was the gentleman in the top hat. Aww. Do you all remember him? We love, we He's love the best. The so thank you so much, Goblin Inquisition, uh, for that lovely for that lovely review. Um, thank you to everybody who was at Great River Con. I can't remember if we talked about this online or not, but we got invited uh, to do a little panel at a convention in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, for some students and their families, and it was super great. One of these days, we'll probably release the audio from that panel as a bonus episode, not on a Wednesday, but just as a true bonus episode. But in the meantime, we had a really wonderful time chatting with you all. Thank you so much for inviting us. Uh, and and yeah, thanks for the review. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, find out what cons we'll be attending, because there are several coming up, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D. You can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupp for my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Mizira. Kit. Bria. And the bleak. Happy gaming, y'all. Everybody's frozen again, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, okay, I can see Lydia nodding affirmatively at me. <laughs> <laughs>